Here the Turtle is presented by Toyota. Toyota helps you get the most out of your drive. Just ask a friend who drives one. Shop buyatoyota.com, Toyota's official website for deals, to find the Toyota that's right for you. Toyota, let's go places. It's Friday, December 23rd, 2022. It's Here the Turtle, presented by Toyota. And Ben, we are back for another episode, our, really our second episode release of the week. Um, this, you know, with, with the holidays and things releasing on Monday, you and I are both traveling. Yeah. The podcast is coming out a little early, our normal Monday release. We'll, we'll release this here on Friday. And more topical, signing day, national signing day, Wednesday, 24 new Terps for Maryland football had the chance to talk to head coach Mike Loxley about those guys. Uh, but first, uh, Ben, you're, you know, you're, you're deep in the sanity. You were in the war room with me. You put together every single bio for all every of these players. Yeah. So you, you, besides maybe the coaches and the st- recruiting staff, you may know that. I spent hours on hours researching these guys, going through yes. their Twitters, their Instagrams, Max yeah. preps, watching huddle tape. I was, you know, analyzing. You, you, you've on been on the, t- you've been on the tape for, yeah. I mean, you, you, yeah. you're calling high school coaches, yeah. calling middle school coaches, you know, talking to their moms and dads, their brothers, their sisters. Fourth, fourth grade history team. Teachers, yeah, we, we were doing deep dives. And you've always been good with the teachers. You've always been a man that was is loved by the teachers. Yes, that might be so, my next. If this podcasting thing doesn't work out, that might be my next career move. You'd be a sensational middle school social studies teacher in softball yeah. and baseball so, and basketball yeah, softball coach. coach. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so to just to just tell us a little bit about this class, your your impressions as a, as a football man and esteemed football man. Yep. Uh, well, first off, Taylor. I am honored to be back. I was waiting for my phone to ring after the last episode, uh, telling me I've been cut again, whether that be from you or from the powers that be here at Maryland Athletics um, or all the wonderful uh, platforms our podcasts are on saying, you know, I'm I'm not good enough, but I made it back. So now so now we're really taking off. Yeah. And you have a mic. You have have your own mic now. Not that I just raised it like anyone can see it. Uh, but this is a podcast so no one can see it um but yeah uh a really solid class that um you know 24 signees as of today and you know i think the staff at maryland is hopeful for some late additions to even to even better the class and higher the rankings um three four stars in neo avery dylan gooden and rico walker all three guys also in the espn 300 um, a local class with nine of those guys being from Maryland, um, one more being from D.C., a lot of New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, North Carolina. So so pretty local. Um, two of the top seven in the state of Maryland, the top two wide receivers, the top tight end, um, one of the top um, edge rushers in Dylan Gooden. And then like a pretty, pretty equal class, 12 defense, 12 offense. Locks talked a lot on this podcast and with the media yesterday about how 
two of the positions of need were wide receivers and edge rusher and, you know, another one being tight end. And I think all three of those um, were addressed. So, so yeah, that's pretty much the the class in a, in a snapshot. And I think one that everyone at Jones Hill house, and we kind of saw it yesterday when we were in the ward war room is very happy with. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we sat there and, and as the signees rolled in and it, it's, it's like, it's a little less um, interesting than it used to be when you would like wait and people would like fax in the, the signing day. Now everyone just like has them in at seven 30 in the morning and we're just pumping it out. Um, but yeah, everyone's, there was, everyone's just looking at Jeff Baker. Yeah, Jeff Baker. Yeah. Our, our masterful <laughs> compliance guru, who's just like staring at his computer as, as, and then telling us when, when people are ready to be publicized. But there, you're right. There was, you know, smiles everywhere. No, no disappointment. Um, you know, very happy about the guys they brought in, both at the top end and then, you know, the depth. I think that one of the things that Locks and the staff have been very good about, um, and I think it's something you have to do to really build a program, is identifying guys early, you know, doing the work to get them committed. And then you see the fruits of that labor when they play above their ranking. You think about a guy, you know, like Deontay Banks, who is, yeah. you know, According to Mel Kuyper, a first round pick in the NFL draft was a three star guy, local guy who they just love the athletic tools. And I remember Locke saying a couple years into his, you know, Banks's tenure, like this is a guy that if he gets some more exposure, Alabama would have recruited and he, you know, is potentially going to be drafted to the, you know, the type of level they expect there. So, you, th- you know, sometimes people get obsessed with stars and I think you have to trust this staff's tracker. Tarheep still is a similar thing at that same defensive back position. Done a good job of like developing guys at the bottom end too. Um, but obviously the headliners are, are some of those edge rushers. Um, and, and you look at the three guys and Rico Walker, they're listing as a tight end and, and probably going to start him on the offensive side. But as coach locks told us, he has the ability to play both sides. They're those like classic, pass rusher athlete builds like 6'5", 236 for Neo Avery, 6'3", 233 for Rico Walker and 6'4", 202 with the ability to grow into his body and Dylan Good. And like, those are the type of guys that take you to the next level um, in a conference like the big 10 to get after the passer. And I think, you know, they've done a lot of great, you know, improved a lot of different units. I don't think, I think if you, you know, ask locks in terms of rushing the passer, they haven't gotten those really dynamic dynamic guys consistently going you know you've seen some flashes from a guy like Darrell Shami Greg China Rose has been an amazing story gotten after the quarterback you know even Jay Sean Barham from his linebacker position you know middle linebacker position rushed the quarterback well but I think you know he talked about Yannick Ngakwe in this and they're looking for a Yannick Ngakwe type out of one of these guys you know a guy that's you know put his hand down and just go get or standing up go get the quarterback and you hope that one of these guys can be that guy. Uh, Neo Avery is the, the the Mike Loxley special. Um, flipped from Ole Miss on signing day. Yep, um, happens, local, happens every year. And you also, it, it, we also had it with um, Tamarcus Cooley, who flipped from NC State um, and announced yeah. yesterday. So there it's were two, it's a it's amazing. Yeah. Last year it was Barham and Andre Roy. It's been it's you know obviously the famous one is is Rakim Jarrett that that absolutely set the world on fire. Um, so he he got that done again, and, it, and Avery's a guy that's sort of now your headliner of the class. But as you said, he seems to love this wide receiver group. Um, you know, Ryan Manning is a guy that they they seem very very high on. Um, your guy from New Jersey, Josh Richards, is 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 one that yeah. they were talking positively about yesterday as well in terms of his ability. Um, and, and he touches on those guys during our talk. Yeah. But um, 
and that's a position they need to fill, you know, with, with, with Copeland gone, Jarrett gone, Demas gone. Um, you know, I think Lox is putting together a really nice group in the portal. And some of those guys are, are going to address it. Be addre- wide receiver will be addressed among some other positions. And, and as Lox, I think, you know, said to us yesterday when we were sitting in the room, it's like national signing is a little different because you have all this portal recruiting going on as well. Um, and the Terps seem to be doing well in that, but I think this is a class, you know, and I guess people say it every year, like this is a class you should be excited about, but you know, we have the, you know, the privilege of having some access in there and they were pumped. They were very yeah. excited and and they were, they loved the lack of drama, like getting pretty much 23 guys in by 9am. They were like, bam, we identified these guys. We got them in. And then, you, you know, you had the, the excitement with Avery and, and Cooley there at the end of the day. So, um, very exciting stuff. I don't know if there's a is there's a specific guy you you uh, your New Jersey guys. I'm sure excited about I mean, Champ Champ Long guy. is Champ Long is a name that, that people are going to talk about. Quarterbacks always yeah. headline a class. And you mentioned you mentioned Ed Drushers. There's a guy from Bergen Catholic who's one of the top um, high school programs in the state of New Jersey. DJ Samuels who broke their broke their sack record. He helped Bergen Catholics won three straight championships. Um, he's three time first-team All-State, two-time New Jersey Defensive Player of the Year. So he's a guy a little under the radar and not as highly rated as Avery or Gooden or or even Walker. Um, but, you know, a guy that has played really tough competition at the high school level and thrived in it. So I think that's a guy um, from the great state of New Jersey that the staff, when you talk about edge rushers, is also, also very excited. Um, and one thing I think Locke said in his press conference with the media yesterday is that all these guys you know he was asked the question how quickly do you expect this class to make an impact and he said now all these guys you know are expected to to make an impact right away and and to be ready to play right away you hit on receiver next year is going to be a very very young um, um receiver group with a lot of sophomores with Knotts, um, Houghton and Octavian, and then all these freshmen. And of course your guy, Ty Felton, um, the playboy. Yeah. And, and I think, um, so yeah. And eight of these guys, um, are enrolling early. And I think a few of them even practice today. So the eight guys that are enrolling early. Yeah, they can just I don't think people know that. Like you can just show up to bowl practice. Like these guys yeah, can, sign and they, they roll sign, right in. They sit to, in the meet, they're sitting in the meetings, right. they're doing all these things over the next yeah. couple so of weeks. They're, yeah, they're and they're getting the full experience of going through what a day, you know, obviously they're not gonna play in this game, but they're going through a full experience of what a game week prep looks like. So those eight guys that are enrolling early, some of which, you know, we're here today are Tamarcus Cooley, Dylan Fontes, Ryan Manning, Tavon Nelson, my guy, who I'm claiming as my guy, DJ Samuel. New Jersey zone. Uh, Dylan Wade, Rico Walker, and Braden Wislowski um, will all enroll early, um, go through the full spring ball, which starts in, in uh, you know, January with, with strength and conditioning. Um, and then, you know, we'll get that, that extra lift to help the team in 2023. I think the other position that some of the guys are going to be able to contribute early is, is defensive back cornerback. I think, you know, the Terps will have Dante Trader and Bo Bray barring health establish as their two starting safeties next year. I think that, you know, that's written in pen, but you know, you lose Deontay Banks, you lose Jacorian Bennett. Um, that opens up, you know, space for, 
some more unproven defensive backs. And, and there's some guys on the roster that could potentially fill that void as well. But, you know, we saw Tarheeb still a couple of years ago come in as a freshman and play immediately at corner. So, you know, some of these defensive backs um, are going to have the ability to play and play early. And I thought it was interesting that Locke said that. Um, it's kind of almost how college football's developing. They need to know if you can play. Right, and this is, I'm sure, everybody in the country. They need to know if you can play right now because there's – 50,000 kids in the portal every offseason. So if you don't if if you don't feel like a fit system, you know, schematically or or culturally or or you're just not good enough or whatever it is, like they want to find that out immediately because the days of like where Wake Forest like went to the Orange Bowl because they redshirted 50 guys their first yeah. year and like had 65th year seniors, that's just not happening anymore because guys aren't willing to sit on the bench for that long. Yeah. So you're going to yeah, you don't you're you not, don't see like the the red shirt numbers in college football are just going down and down because yeah because it doesn't make no s- point there's no point in red shirting someone just so they could go play four years somewhere else somewhere else they're exactly. not going to be happy when they're not playing so when you look at our yeah. roster you know there were ton of ton of young guys that played and I think that's the case um, throughout the country and and if you're a player you're like why am I sitting here what I want to figure out if I can play because if I you know want to go somewhere else. I want to figure out if I should go somewhere else. So it's, it's a very interesting difference for college football and, and rot the roster turnover is just way more um, from the, from a transport portal perspective. So that makes recruiting different. Um, one thing I'll say before we jump into the interview, um, I, it, Mike Loxley and, and, you know, people exposed to him, whatever, just watching him talk to the families and not, I won't go into the details because it was a private conversation, but just an amazing connection. These, these guys make and the coaches make with the athletes. And those conversations always bring a smile on my face when locks FaceTimes everybody. And, and you have your, your mom, dad, grandma, brother, sister, whoever it is in the, in the, in the family there um, reacting very, very cool moments. And so just happy for the 24 guys who signed with Maryland you know, they're not all going to end up finishing their careers with Maryland because that's just not how college football works. Yeah. But, you know, very excited that they all were showed genuine excitement to all be Terps. I mean, all of those guys were thrilled to get the call. Big smiles in their faces um, yesterday. So that's one of the coolest parts of signing day and and excited to get those guys on campus. Some of them, as you said, Kess, already here, already here yeah. and thriving. Yeah. Uh, we had the chance. To- yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, you could see why he's such a great recruiter because of the way he talks to the way he talks to everyone, um, you know, the kids themselves, the parents, he's authentic. He knows every little thing about, you know, everyone's family and their brothers and their sisters and their cousins and, you know, what they're doing for Christmas. Um, he really cares about the people he's bringing in here. Um, and, and you know, that's a reason why uh, people want to play for him and, and people like playing for him. Yeah, very well said. Um, we had the chance to talk to the head coach of, of, Maryland football, Michael Loxley, who's, you know, this is a hectic time. You're in bowl prep. You've got national signing day, but that's exactly where you want to be. Terps will play the Dukes Mayo Bowl next Friday. We talked to Coach Lox very briefly about the Mayo Bowl, uh, but jumped mostly into the signing class. Um, and, and he sort of ran down a lot of the different guys that you're going to see in a Maryland uniform coming up here next year. So let's get to our conversation with Michael Loxley. We're back here on Here the Turtle with the head coach of Maryland football, Michael Oxley. And coach, got to start out with the most important question. You've done a couple of these with us over the years, but you're first with your good pal, Ben Kessler. Just your reaction on, you know, having to get the questions now from Ben and just his overall presence on this show, which is he actually had a show six months ago. He had one show and then the show got shut down after his first show. So just your overall yeah. reaction, having to talk to him. 
Yeah, I heard they didn't pick up his uh, his podcast, and so he had to join you, Taylor, to to get some good ratings. But you know, anytime I can see Ben, man, he's one of the best in the business. He asks the tough questions, uh, very well versed when it comes to you know getting to the getting the answer. So um, I'm a little nervous seeing Ben. Uh, you usually have the fluff questions, and Ben usually goes right for the kill. So looking forward to it. One of the best in the. I'm going to need you to be my agent. One of the best in the business. Yeah, one of the best in the business. Well, you should have. You should have said that a year ago. Maybe I would have got a podcast earlier. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that you were in the podcast. <laughs> uh, Coach, uh, I'll start you off with a fluff question, and I'll like then I'll let Cass grill you for a little bit. Um, you talked about last year before the pinstripe bowl and after the pinstripe bowl that you loved the amount of time you had with your team. Felt like another training camp for you guys. You're able to get young guys. Um, you know, ingratiated into the team. Is this a similar vibe with the Duke's Mayo Bowl now, you know, two straight years in a bowl, or is this a different sort of sort of pre- preparation you want for your team going into this one? No, you know what? We we felt like we put together a, a winning formula with how we wanted to use this extended time that we have uh, to prepare for our bowl game. And, you know, for me, it always I, I talk a lot about that the bowl game isn't the the end of our 22 season, but actually the start of our 23 season. And it's kind of a passing of the torch per se, uh, obviously with players declaring for the NFL and opting out of the game, uh, some guys transferring out for whatever reason. Uh, but this this is an opportunity where you'll see a bunch of our young players, and I think back a year ago uh, going into the pinstripe game where I thought guys like Roman Hemby and Antoine Littleton had their coming out parties per se where they both contributed, and, and I expect this year – uh, some of the young guys that have uh, been thrust into to roles uh, or meaningful roles going into this game, that they'll do the same. All right, Coach, let's get into signing day as we sit here uh, one day removed from from signing day. Um, how did this class come together as a whole? I know you identified a lot of guys early and a lot of guys committed early, um, but then, of course, late there were some some flips and some guys that that committed late so how how did this class come together and how how satisfied are you with it well i'll start with the last question uh very satisfied you know anytime we have signing day uh to me it's a culmination of a lot of people who uh, put a lot of effort a lot of work a lot of behind the scenes goes into being able to sign the type of class we signed and it starts with our coaches uh you know those guys really did a good job of setting setting the table uh, for us to be able to go in and close the way we were able to. Um, but when you start talking about how it comes together, as I've said before, it's a two-year, three-year cycle that it takes to really, uh, you know, before a signing day comes, you recruit a kid for two to three years. And a lot of these kids were kids that we've known for quite some time. And what we've done is just basically try to show them the vision we have for where Maryland football is going while also incorporating just how great an academic institution, uh, the family environment, the culture that we've created here that makes it an attractive place. Um, and, and again, you know, it's, it's not easy uh, to go out and convince people when you're selling a vision. But I think what's happened here on the football field the last couple of years has uh, shown that the trajectory of our team is really heading in the direction that we've been selling. And so, uh, you know, a great class. Uh, a bunch of guys that are impact type players that will be able to come in and have the ability to help us take the next step, which, you know, I've gone on the record now and say, now we can start talking about competing for championships. And 
Uh, we've got a great foundation that's been laid with the first three or four classes we've put together, as well as the players that have come through the program. I think this class is kind of the class that gets us over the top to where now we can start competing uh, to win Big Ten championships, which is the ultimate goal. When you look at it positionally, Coach, you know, you bring in a lot of wide receivers, a lot of DBs, and some really talented guys um, in the edge rushing positions. When you're building a class, do you look positionally first, or are you just trying to get the most talented guys and then the chips kind of fall where they may positionally? Yeah, it's never chips kind of fall as they may. I think going into it, you know, and our general manager, Gerald Dixon, did a tremendous job. Uh, he, Patty, Jeremy, the, the recruiting staff, Marcus, uh, all those guys did a tremendous job, uh, Gary Wortham Jr., putting this together. But the way it starts for us is we got 85 scholarships. And with those 85, we allocate them by position where we say, hey, we want to have 16 offensive linemen. Well, when you graduate four, that means you have 12 left. So that means we've got to go get four more to get to the number that we typically want to have on our roster in terms of how we allocate it. And so, you know, we do that with each position. And obviously with receivers being a big position for us this year, we lost guys like Rakim Jarrett, Deont, uh, Dante Demas, uh, Jacob Copeland, some really talented players that we had to, to fill those voids. And so, we, we hit the recruiting trail and did a good job of bringing in receivers. The same thing with DBs. And it's also the same thing with our offensive line and, and edge rushers. Coach, I was going to ask you about the receiver position, um, specifically with Rock, Dante, and Cope um, leaving. And you got the top two receivers in Maryland with Zeke Avitt and Ryan Manning, the top one in D.C. with Sean Williams, and one of the top wide receivers in New Jersey with Josh Richards. Um, what are those four guys Bring, what did you see in them during the recruiting process that Terp fans could be excited about? Well, I think one, first and foremost, is if you look at the way the receiver position um, has had success in this offense, whether it be here at Maryland, at Alabama, where I coached prior, uh, or even my first time here, we put a lot of receivers out of this system into the NFL, like the Stefan Diggs of the world, the DJ Moores. Uh, you know, the, the host of Alabama first rounders that we coached that played in this system. And so it's a very attractive system for guys that throw the ball and catch the ball and, and, and make no doubt that we do very in-depth uh, studying and evaluating the players that we brought in. A guy like Zeke Avid, uh, who is an explosive athlete, maybe not a household name to a lot of people, but we had him here in camp. We are able to see him do the things we want to see receivers do in our system. Uh, Ryan Manning's a guy that's built for speed, a tremendous skill set, a big play guy that has the ability to take the top off of defenses. Uh, Sean Williams, another one of those guys that, again, we've evaluated, had a chance to see on film. Uh, we're going to use Braden Wislowski as a, a receiver slot as well. So the, the one thing that I think that is common, a common denominator of all of them is they all have tremendous speed and they all do a great job as playmakers with run after the catch. The exciting moment for Maryland fans yesterday, besides all the guys that were signed, was the flip of Neo Avery from Ole Miss. Um, brings a lot of talent on the edge. You also brought in Dylan Gooden as well on the edge. Rico Walker, you looks like you're going to play at tight end, was listed as an edge, but you're bringing in like big, twitchy athletes and those guys just speak to you know what, they, what the two edge guys bring, um, former high school teammates and guys that uh, seem to be excited to play together again at, at Maryland. Yeah, you know, in our outside linebacker room, we have Sam and then we have Jack. Sam's are the guys that typically play to the field. They usually are, uh, you know, the hybrid position guys. 
uh, and, and Dylan Gooden is one of those guys. He has great length, uh, showed the feet, the twitch, the body balance that we look for playing out in space. A guy that has the ability to play in space and he plays opposite Neo. Uh, Neo to us is one of those dynamic pass rushers. I, I think of Yannick Ngakwe, who uh, was a great, tremendous first step quickness, uh, the ability, ability to bend and turn the corner and then finish on the quarterback. You want to be good on defense, get after the quarterback. And, you know, we've, we're losing some guys like Darrell Chami, who's really uh, Greg Rose. Both those guys really have done a great job of creating havoc plays, which are the negative plays in the backfield. Uh, but being able to get guys like Dylan, like Neo, and, and like you said, Rico, who has versatility to play on either side of the ball, uh, but just the tremendous athleticism puts pressure on those offensive tackles. And in this league, uh, if you you want to win, you've got to be able to get after the quarterback. And I think all three of these young players will give us that ability. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about a place that I am very passionate about, the state of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys brought in three players, three top players from the state of New Jersey and DJ Samuels, who uh, broke the sack record at, at a prolific high school in Bergen Catholic, Champ Long, who was a finalist for the state player of the year, and then Josh Richards, who you just kind of hit on. Um, what do those three guys bring? Yeah, you know, Jersey's been good to Maryland over the years. Uh, I know for me growing up here in this area, uh, the migration from up north to playing down south where it's so much warmer, so much so, so much better. I mean, it's just so much better down here in Maryland, uh, Ben. Uh, because I know you're from New Jersey. So it's it's great to know. It's great to see those guys migrate south. Uh, all three of those guys are tremendous athletes. Uh, you know, with DJ, again, one of those guys that has the ability to rush the quarterback, uh, was a big-time playmaker for, you know, up north there for Bergen Catholic. Did a tremendous job uh, getting after the quarterback, playing great on the edge. Uh, with Josh, he's one of those long, lengthy receivers, kind of put him in Dante Demas mode, uh, who has the play to, has the ability to make plays in the air, the 50-50 balls, uh, really dynamic, a track guy as well. And then, you know, obviously the quarterback, Champ Long, who we've, you know, evaluated over the last couple of years. And, you know, he's a proven winner, a guy that can spin it, makes all the throws. Uh, I think the thing that jumps out to me about Champ is just his uh, – competitive nature and his ability to win. Uh, this this guy's really competitive. He makes all the throws. He shows tremendous leadership, which you want to see out of your quarterback. So three really talented players that we were fortunate to be able to still out of New Jersey that I think will help us down the road. I mean, thankfully we got those guys and Ben who also migrated south. So, you know, it's really been a it's really been a nice addition, all those guys from New Jersey. Coach, we'll get you out of here on this because you know we're up against time and, and Dustin Seminovic's uh, you know, driving you around there. So uh, we'll Great figure it out. Guy, man. He's the producer. Yeah, the, yeah the, the best. Yeah, talk about a guy that's the best in the business. Uh, we had the pleasure of sitting with you in the war room yesterday, and you FaceTime all the guys and their families. And those, you know, interactions always strike me as really cool of the completion of a dream for those guys, and then especially their families. It's it's kind of like a beautiful thing to watch their moms and dads and how excited they are to hear from you and and watching their kids succeed with that dream. How nice is that for you to have those conversations and build those relationships? You talk about you know, Maryland football family. And that's kind of where it starts with those kids and their families. What was that like for you yesterday to go down the list of all 24 of those guys and, and speak with them and their families? Some were coming from their houses. Some were coming from Jamaica. We were all over the map yesterday. Right. No, you know, to me, it's it's the right thing to do. Uh, it's a special day, signing day. Uh, I oftentimes talk about how the game of football 
has the ability to change the lineage of some families and some of the guys that we recruit, them being able to go to college for free to play a game that they love to better themselves uh, academically, athletically, and socially is just a special, special moment. And that's one of those deals that you don't want to ever take lightly or for granted. And so to be able to thank the parents, because number one, they're showing tremendous faith in me as the leader of the football family here at Maryland by delivering one of their most prized possessions, their children. And it's not something that I take lightly. And, you know, we oftentimes talk about they're giving us their kid on the front of the bridge to manhood. And it's my job to get them over that bridge and back to them, a better version of themselves to where they become better sons, better future fathers, uh, better future husbands, better brothers, uh, anything we can do to to improve and, and help them become the best version of themselves. And uh, to me, it's not something that should ever be taken for granted. And so uh, on signing day, to me, that's a culmination for a bunch of these families. I know it's an emotional day for a lot of the players and their families to be able to to, to say, hey, we've done it. And it's a completion of one part of their story. And then we pick up the second chapter of the story and, and uh, we, we get them across the finish line. Coach, can you give Ben a grade for his first interview with you? Um, I'd say he was a, probably a C minus. Um, you know, he C-. kept looking down at himself instead of looking at the camera. You know <laughs> what I mean? If I were to give him some quality control, you yeah, want to stare at the camera at the top and not look at the video, Ben. Um, yeah. also, he likes looking at himself. He just likes looking at himself. It's kind of tough. I actually have a mirror right here, and that's what I've been looking at. And then I think, you know, his background crop, you know, I saw a little too much ceiling. You probably need to <laughs> lower the camera down and kind of get a little better crop there. Uh, but just some, you know, constructive criticism. I thought for his first uh, Hear the Turtle podcast, not bad, um, not bad, but C minus work with the room to improve. And as we always say, the best is ahead, Ben. Yes, the best, the best is, is ahead. As as is behind on your stockings. What a what a Christmas decoration. Yep. Go figure that. <laughs> Coach, thanks so much for taking the time. Good luck down at the Duke's Mayo Bowl. We can't wait to be in Charlotte with you. Thanks, guys. I can't wait to get that mayo poured all over me. <laughs> thanks, Coach. Back here on Here the Turtle, once again, thanks to Michael Oxley for jumping on with us. Um, you know, you guys have a very special bond and relationship, so it's nice to see you break bread in this podcast format. C minus. C minus. I got man. a lot. I got a lot of work to do. I got a lot of work yeah. to do. Sounds he's fair, like but he's a, firm. He's fair, but he's sounds firm. Like, sounds like a lot of my grades in college, right there with the C minus. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So, Especially by the end, that that journalism degree was 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 a really. <laughs> It, it almost, didn't, to the it almost as you, when I was an intern for you, as you were well aware, my degree almost didn't happen. Yes, yes. <laughs> it, you're in mine, you're in mine both. So you and I, yeah. I think, did you and I, did you finish close. with a summer class or did you get it in at the I, end? I, I, I had to finish with a summer class. I had to finish with a summer class. Um, but yeah, but I will say a lot of his criticism was on the way I looked and the way I, my camera was set up and the way I was looking at the camera, none of that matters for a podcast. No one's watching us. Everyone's listening. So yeah. Now I guess technically um, if we I, use some of the video of locks on social media, which we could, yeah. it ends up being, I, a thing. I think the grade for that reason should be on a curve. Um, and I, I'm, I'm boosting it myself up to like a B. I think he gave me a B. He, he, a B for Ben. He did call you the, uh, one of the best in the business at the beginning. Um, he did. so that was good. Uh, and we appreciate our, our pal Dustin Seminovic for, for setting that up with, with coach locks. Also one of the best in the business, um, put us on a very strict 15 minute time limit. So, 
um you know dustin you, is, would, you, you know, would think two guys so close to dustin would be able to go a little longer with Coach yeah Locke. yeah but no no but, no no but, no he doesn't have no, time for but, that but no he has to go on on you know on whatever show dustin's got, whatever show dustin's got him put on um, yeah so but hey dustin runs a tight ship he runs it with me he runs it yeah. with he, he runs, runs it with me. With his, yeah. Yeah. With his wife, with, with everyone. He runs. Yeah. He runs with, with his two, with his two wonderful children. I mean, those, yes. guys, those two kids are like, it's like those they're in the military. Those kids are in bed by eight o'clock every night next week. Every night. Not no. one minute later. Not one minute later. No, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, excited to, to go down to Charlotte though. We, we've now have some, we, where we're going to go. It, it'll be a nice week. Um, We're going to go to a NASCAR track. That should be fun. We're, we're going to, you know, do a variety of different things. So I'm excited NASCAR for people. Track, there's, there's, um, you know, a, a food bank doing, doing good service for the community. Something I know Taylor, you do every holiday season. Yes, I do. For the community. Yes, yes I do. Um, Whether it be the bowl community we go to, I actually, even if Maryland doesn't make a bowl, I travel to one of the bowl sites to do yes, the community you do. service. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah, it's you, wonderful. Yeah. I always yeah, do something you, here in Baltimore as well. Yeah, you liked your trip to the Frisco Bowl a few years ago. <laughs> I did. Well, I, you know how I feel about Frisco, yeah. one of my favorite yeah. cities in America. One of yeah. my favorite, really my favorite cities in the world, Frisco. Yeah. Who was in the uh, Frisco Bowl this year? Can you name who was in the Frisco Bowl this year? I don't think that I can. That's a good question. I don't even know if the Frisco Bowl still exists. I think it definitely does. Uh, the Frisco. I would think you would be able to name that with how much. Yeah, yeah. It was sponsored by Tropical Smoothie Cafe two years ago. This year it has no sponsor, so that's a bit of a tough scene. Oh, it happened. Uh, already. It happened. Oh, no, Boise today. State beat North Texas in wow. a thriller, thirty-five, thirty-two. Wow. I missed that one. Wow. I think Frisco also hosts the um, as a lot of times the host of the of the FCS national title game. Yes. Yes. An event. I think it. You've attended many times. Yes. I, well, I was hoping Incarnate Word. Would... To win the, who's your pick to win the FCS? So I, I was rooting for Incarnate Word in the semis. Um, I don't know who won the second semi, so I'd have to, I'd have to, I'm going to check that out real quick. I, you know, it's always these Dakota teams, and I got to be honest, Big Dakota is just dominating FCS football, and it's making it a little boring. Uh, James Madison had jumped in there as like one of the better teams, but they've yeah, moved up to our, the they've FCS. moved up to the big yeah. leagues. So not to, just to throw shade on all of the FCS programs, but um, yeah, it's I I'm I'm a little done with the, the Dakotas. I I think they need to let someone else have a turn. Um, let's see who is in the finals. I'm, this is riveting, riveting radio here on a Maryland sports <laughs> this is like, podcast. This, this is Mike and the Mad Dog, right? Yeah, here. this, uh, this is it's so it is two Dakota teams. It's South Dakota State versus North Dakota State in the FCS football championship, which is taking place in Frisco, Texas. South Dakota State beat one of your that's favorite programs. Mon- that's one of the biggest rivalries rivalry. in sports. Yes, um, South Dakota State beat Montana State, where I think they hosted College Game Day earlier in the year. Um, and North Dakota State beat uh, my school, Incarnate Word. Incarnate. Where is in a, Incarnate In a thrilling game. Tell me where that uh, is. It is in Texas. Looking. It is in Texas. Where, where in Texas? I can't remember this specific town. I can't remember the specific town. It's really more of the state school, so it doesn't just live in one oh, town. Oh, yeah. So. Incarnate Word is the state school of Texas. That's what well, everyone Texas is down. That's Texas has been that's down. That's what everyone Arch says. Manning yesterday. Incarnate, Texas has been down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they are the word of incarnate. What can we got? Say? But we got Ryan Manning. So we got so Ryan Manning. Ryan Manning's going to be a good player. So comes from St. Francis, Baltimore guy. So very nice, very very nice to have Ryan Manning in the fold. Well, but um, what are you? What are you most excited for next week in Charlotte? Besides uh, the NASCAR, besides the NASCAR, time with me. 
Yeah, we are probably. I mean, we haven't confirmed it, but I believe you and I are rooming together for the second consecutive week. Um, you you left New York last week with a or last year with a very popular um, ailment that has affected people over the past few years. Didn't give it to you though. Didn't you did not. You yeah. did not. Um, I'd have given it to. Pop, I am excited. I didn't give it to you. Yeah, <laughs> I am excited for the the NASCAR. So I I've actually been to Charlotte Motor Speedway. I went to the NASCAR race when I was five years old. Um, mm-hmm. So it really be a, somewhat of a homecoming for me to come back now, um, twenty five years later. Um, that's really bizarre to say. Um, to to see that, but that should be cool. I hope I get a chance to like race in one of the cars. I know you know this is for like I guess the players and coaches and actual staff, but. You know, as you know, things are all about me. So I would hope that I am also taken in the car. Uh, I've also just haven't been to Charlotte in a while. So just seeing Charlotte, I think will be cool. It's supposed to be cold. It's cold everywhere. It's really it's cold. so cold everywhere right now. Um, and I'm excited for Coach Locks to get dunked in mail when we beat NC State. That will be, be that will be that will be. What about fun. you? Um, I would I would say the same thing. Probably the the raceway. I think that's going to be fun. I think that's going to be something the guys we'll be excited for. Um, but, but bow week is fun. I think we had a really good time last year in New York city and, um, we're going to have a good time again in Charlotte. Our, um, one of our Patty gave us a lot of good recommendations. So we have yep. some, some bars and, and shout out to her a big day for her yesterday. Patty yes, who works in our football office are one of our recruiting, um, people. So she, you know, all of our, and locks named them on there. Uh, some of the unsung, uh, people on a football staff. Those people work in an insane amount. Insane hours. They're always working. They're working weekends. They're working late on weekends. Um, there's, you know, there's really no, no off time because they're always trying to plan things. And, and, you know, there's members of it that are, that are scouting and then there's the event planning people. Um, and, and yeah, it never ends recruiting. Never. Yeah. Ends. So shout out to all of them. Um, and, and, the, uh, well-deserved time off for some of them over the next yeah. few weeks before it just starts back again for, uh, crib talk 24, um, yeah. is the hashtag. So after own the throne 23, there you have it. The throne was owned yesterday. The throne was owned and, yes. and, um, hopefully can be on some more in the next few weeks. Obviously the, this was the early signing day, the, um, late signing days in early February. So there's, there's still some, some guys that are unsigned and, and um, some, some ways that this, this class could be improved even further. So keep an eye out for that over the next month, month and a half here. And you never doubt Mr. Loxley in a recruiting race. So it'll be exciting to see how he, uh, how he closes um, towards February um, and uh, how he close towards the bowl game. Duke's Mayo bowl, Next Friday, noon against NC State on ESPN. You can go back and listen to our bowl preview show that came out on Monday. Uh, interviews with, let's see if I can get them all, Dante Trainer, Greg China Rose, Jay Sean Jones, Roman Hemby, and Spencer Anderson all on the show. And some breakdown of Maryland NC State with me and Mr. Kessler. The cast has survived into his second episode after his return to the podcast, and he did a great job on the first one. Um, so thanks to all of those guys for coming on. That's a bowl preview. Also, on this feed, you can check out Talking Terps with Kevin Willard. The last couple episodes, they uh, the last one as it as they go into the St. Peter's game, which will, if after you hear this, will have already happened. They talk to uh, Patrick Emilion, who's a great kid, great great kid. Hasn't um, I think hit his 
you know, highest ceiling on the court yet. Um, just based on, you know, you know, dealt with some injury and whatever, but he is a fantastic kid. And I think he will have his moment in the sun here as we head towards conference play. They talked to Eric Hayes, a fan favorite from the greatest oh, Vasquez era. Yeah, he was, he was one of, one of my favorites in the great, uh, great running mates. Vasquez one and best, Hayes. One of the best shooters I've ever seen at Maryland. Great every, time, every time he shot it, you thought it was going in every single time. Yep. Uh, had both those guys on the show with, uh, with coach Willard and the, uh, the legendary, the hall of famer, the indomitable Johnny holiday, um, live from, from Looney's pub that there isn't, as I always say, there isn't a hall of fame. Johnny holiday is not in. Correct. I think we're making up hall of fames now for and Johnny. If he's again. not in it. Trust me. He'll let him know he's not in it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. We'll have him, have him. He was one of the first guests on here, the turtle. I think oh, one of the first, like him, three, four, we should have him back. We should on. have Johnny back on. Yeah, we should have we should Johnny have back on. on. Um, yeah, we're and shows coming out every single week from here the turtle. So a variety of content uh with Coach Willard's show through the end of basketball season, and then all our here the turtle shows we're gonna have you know previewing lacrosse season as that comes in, baseball, softball, all the spring sports feedback, wrestling, you know, having a very nice season so far. Um I gotta so, read up. I gotta read up on my on the on the wrestling. Yep, program. you are not you are not a wrestling oh. our the the two co-hosts, you know, my former co-host, Mr. Schneden and I were so, big wrestling guys. So we could easily have not. those conversations. I Coach Clemson will get you educated as we when we have him on. Um so make sure to listen to all of that. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media channels at here the turtle on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Ben at BMK95. Wow. You've been pretty active on Twitter talking Yankees. A lot of Yankee um, signings. Been a lot of Yankee happy. signing. Mr. Judge back in the fold, Carlos Rodon. So um nice times sounds for like you. A, sounds like a hopefully by the time this podcast comes out, there's a Brian Reynolds trade. I think that's the next thing that's gonna happen. Yeah. But as the real ones know, Ben will have had a really good week with these two press conferences, good times in Yankeeville, and then the Jets will lose to the Jags tonight. So that big game. Big yeah, game. big big game. Will you be go on the record? Will you attend the game tonight? Uh 70% no. I'll make a decision in the next two hours. The weather's pretty bad. I think yeah. I might just watch at a local establishment. Yeah. Weather not good. Around and I also the don't think, you know, natural pessimists me. I don't think the Jets are going to win. So, yeah, I don't this know if I be- want to. I don't know. This will be if they lose tonight. This is the end. I don't I don't know if I want to sit in the miserable, miserable weather, cold rain, wind to watch um, Zach Wilson miss. 15 wide open receivers so there there you absolutely have it at jet legendary jet life stadium this this will end up being one of the great pessimist versus optimist podcast hosting <laughs> well, in the history in the history of entertainment you can follow me at taylor smite 10 and we will see you next time on hear the turtle presented by toyota